Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller, and alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we do have Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to everything and all the news that's currently come out with F1. Can't wait to discuss it all. Yeah, there's lots of news, lots of uh, subjects to to pick up on today. Thanks for coming along to speak with us and our guest. We also have Kiara from the team. Hi, Kiara. How are you? Hi. I'm doing much better now that I've caught up on my sleep after the 24-hour race in Daytona, and I'm also living a thesis-free life now. So, so happy I'm days. Just having fun now. Yeah. Happy days. Stress-free. No, no, no writing needed. Pages and pages and and, and cups and cups of coffee as well. Uh, I imagine your well, caffeine intake's gone be, down. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair, I'm having coffee right now. You'll miss the dissertations one day when they're a distant memory. <laughs> chance to spend all that time thinking about something honestly <laughs> uh, and those t- the, the dulcet tones that you can hear there are our guest today uh thank you very much to craig slater from sky sports f1 Come, thanks for coming to chat to us today uh, pleasure good, good to be here thanks for asking me so for anyone who might not know who you are which i can't imagine there are many because lots of our fans are from the uk or get get the kind of sky sports coverage Don't anyway. switch off now please no. <laughs> can you kind of give us a brief outline of who you are what you do within the f1 world yeah so i work for sky i'm a reporter chiefly on sky sports news although i'll, I'll, I'll do some work for sky sports f1 as well but i go to the races and most i've done in a year 16 i think normally these days i go to 10 or 11 and and report live from the track, uh, mainly on the kind of news angles, <clears throat> so uh, controversies, uh, stewards' decisions, driver movement, that kind of stuff, and and all the political wranglings. And I've been doing that since we've had the rights to Sky for about thirteen years now, twelve years. I think it's our thirteenth season. Oh. So yeah, very much. Uh, and I never don't consider myself an expert, so I, I I'm a very much a newcomer to all of this. So it's been amazing to work with some of the great colleagues we have at Sky. But before all of that, I used to work on boxing, football, other sports, and uh, yeah. But I'm very happy to be to be mainly doing F1 now. Yeah. Oh well. We're just completely jealous of your lifestyle. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a jet-setting yeah. kind of thing, and 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 getting to see those races live. It must be a, a bit of a dream. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get to watch cars much. And I think mm. that's true of 90% of people who are working in journalism uh, at the F1. You're, you're work, watching on a monitor or a timing screen half the time. But yes, it's uh, a very privileged job to, to be able to be in the paddock and and to see things up close and to witness uh, history being made now and again so I, I i really count myself lucky yeah fantastic 
Well, we are Everything F1. You can find us online on Facebook, on all our Facebook, on all our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're also on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you're listening to us on this podcast itself. We would love it if you would hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Let's get into a, a bit of the conversation, a bit of the news that has dropped today, Craig. It's pretty big, really. The Andretti global team have been completely rejected by FOM today. They're, they said they're not in a in, in going to be in a fit state to to enter a team, and it's they just don't see it, them being competitive, so they've rejected their their offer. Can you kind of explain anything else? That I'm kind of missing a massive, a massive portion, well, probably. Really. I mean, they, they well, if you, I mean the the headlines today have added the the caveat, but maybe they'll have another chance in 2028. So that that was the that was the softener today from from what was a rejection. You're absolutely right. No place for them in 2025 or 2026, mm. which was when they'd hoped to come in. And F1, the commercial rights holder, giving its reasons that, that they didn't think they'd be competitive in those years because they'd be taking a customer engine, mm. that they would be having to straddle a rules change in the first at the end of their first year, and that given that they might figure no better than I suppose the lower reaches of the midfield, they didn't really specify it in such detail, but that, that's kind of what I found out where they, they projected they might be, hmm. then they didn't think they added to the commercial value of the sport. And, I, and they did use some quite punchy language in the statement today, F1. They said it would be there'd be more in it for Andretti than there would be for F1, admitting them at this time. But if there's a, a silver lining today, it's that they did say, this. the more you think about it, it's a little bit, well, put your money where your mouth is. They did say... If General Motors do honour their pledge to build a power unit for 2028, then that would change things entirely. They'd look at their application in a very different way. So that's a kind of challenge, I think, to General Motors. You're not just coming in to put your badge on a car with a customer Renault engine. Mm. We're not going to let that happen. But if you build an engine, sure, you mean business, then that's that's a different matter altogether. So so let's see what response that gains. Now, the, 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 fascinating, the fascinating aspect of this, just very briefly, and I guess you, you'll talk more about it, is that the FIA, Formula One's governing body and regulator, had passed Andretti fit by their tests. Yeah. And their tests were basically about can you be a, a serviceable Formula One team. So it's this whole blurring of the boundary in terms of what does it, the, 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 what does what does what does competitive mean, mm. and how does that how does that impinge on on commercial rights? And so it's it's nothing back from the FIA as yet. Although I've just been cooking dinner and going to a swimming lesson with my son, so I, I don't <laughs> I've, been, I've been left the office. Uh, so I'll, I'll wait and see what what I don't know how I don't know if they had any advance notice that this was coming today because we didn't. We had to react very quickly today to that. In fact, while I was sort of rambling on, Martin Brundle, who had rung up, so he wanted five minutes because he's much smarter than I am to read the full text of of, of the F one the F one uh, findings. So, so yeah. It, it, but at the end of it all, yeah, what comes next? Could it be some legal action by by Andretti? 
and how will the FIA deal with it? Is it the latest round in this 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 battle between F1 and the FIA? It would appear it has been depicted in some quarters for who controls the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can imagine this is going to be rumbling on for the next well. Yeah. X, X amount of months, I guess. What, what's your opinion on it, though? I know you're not necessarily allowed to share your opinion on on the whole situation, probably on Sky Sports F1, because yeah. you have to kind of remain that kind of middle ground. But yeah, have, yeah, have yeah. you got a personal opinion on, on, on would you prefer to see Andretti come uh, in? Would you uh, prefer uh, yeah. to wait for them to stay? You know? Ooh, I mean, I'm not an expert. I mean, I... I the... The... And I don't like giving my opinion. You're right, <laughs> right. Um, but 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 and I but I suppose you could talk in you can talk, you could cho- choosing certain facts, the ones you want to present, is a way in a ways is a kind of opinion. I think if you had to, if 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 you were saying, are they would they be amongst the top ten teams? If you if you if you add them to the existing ten and and say, well, what. what where what is their value within the top ten? I think you'd probably say yes. I think Martin Brundle said today, and it's hard not to agree that if Haas were applying to get into F one now, they probably mm. wouldn't make the grade. I think Andretti would have a kind of superior, not just heritage, but wherewithal to build a car and king. So I I I understand that people who've been watching Formula One for for decades and decades. Hark back to the times, specific, especially older fans when they were getting up for thirty cars, or there was mm. pre-qualifying to get into qualifying, and and many more opportunities, and would like to you know why not have eleven teams or twelve? Against that, it's you, you know you you do you risk diluting the the storylines the more teams you have mm. is it a little bit less manageable and that's that's a kind of media perspective maybe I mean that's the case and then there's the argument and it's and it's not an unfair one from the existing ten teams particularly the ones that have had some financial difficulties in the last decade you think of what McLaren have been through for example which is quite a a well off team mm. but they've had to 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 recapitalize several times that they, they, they've been in some difficult relatively difficult financial positions the williams family ultimately sold the team because they said they couldn't necessarily afford to, to invest in the way they wanted to so do you do you just let a team in um when times are good which might be to the detriment to, of those who have suffered through more difficult times, so I, I can, I mean, that that's that that's another question. I, I, they said, I mean, I queried today F one hmm. was this about was this motivated by the current ten teams this decision, and they said we didn't consult with the ten teams. We made our own call for the benefit of of the business or the, the commercial situation of the business. Fair enough, but you, you can't help thinking they would have taken on board what most of the teams, well, maybe eight out of the ten of them, had been saying for the last couple of years when this is, has been in the pipeline that they did not want an 11th team. So yeah. um, on a personal level, listen, no harm to have another team, I suppose, you know, the more the merrier. But I do understand that the those that have the guardianship of the commercial health of F1 have to in a way well they have to keep sentiment out of the equation yeah i i completely i i can see that's why. me sitting on the fence 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did. You did well. You, you navigated uh, that very well. I mean, <laughs> I do. What you know? What I probably err on the side of seeing them in, but I can. I can see the. I can see that if you're running that as a business, you you've got to. There's got to be a high bar, maybe a higher bar than than Andretti have met at this point. But then there is the caveat: of bring in the engine manufacturer with you, and 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 that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of it, I I think, from the teams is all about that dilution fee, isn't it? That when they set that dilution fee at two hundred million or whatever it is, the mm-hmm. for a new, a new team to come in, the Formula One wasn't in as such a good place. And now, obviously, thanks to Drive to Survive, oh, have I? Cut off, sorry. Uh, drive to, drive. <laughs> sorry, my my cameras. I, I think my internet connection's a little bit dodgy, so I, I apologise mm-hmm. about that. But uh, I, I'm in a garage, so oh, really? <laughs> very very F one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously that that dilution fee was set years ago. Now F one is in a much better place thanks to things like it's Drive amazing. to Survive, I mean, Liberty I, Media. Yeah, yeah, I, but funnily enough, what a masterstroke it was. Not so long ago, teams were being sold for a pound. And you know, Honda or bronze team, and and Williams were having to sell. Williams sold less than a year before that anti-dilution fee came in, and what did they sell for? One hundred and forty million pounds at a stroke of a pen. When they brought that anti-dilution fee in, every team was worth a minimum of two hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting aspects to today, which I, I raised with Martin Brundle, was. So they've delayed this now. The current Concord Agreement, which has that 200 million anti-dilution fee in it, runs to the end of 2025. Might the new Concord revise upwards significantly that fee? Maybe to people have talked about 600 million, 650 million. So not saying yes now is a big blow to Andretti because in 2028, or if they still pursue this in a couple of years' time, it's going to be a much higher bar for entry, membership membership fee, yeah, to get in. Yeah, and I mean, the talks of some teams, I mean, was it Alpine that valued themselves at a billion pounds now and those sorts of things? So those those sorts of stats are going to be pushing those numbers up. I think I'd heard one team 18 months ago, I can't really reveal who they were, turned down pounds, valuing themselves at $900 million at the time. Um, we know that Andretti looked at buying Sauber, but did, didn't get it over the line. But yeah, the 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 other th- way to think about this though is, if you bring in another couple of teams, the only way to get in is by buying a team, which will again inflate the price of the teams. Mm-hmm. So, either getting to twelve or changing the Concord Agreement so there's only ten teams. I wonder if there'll be a lobby to do that in the next year. I mean, reducing the number of available slots to ten or eleven, possibly. Yeah, we could do, we could do that. What What do the the ladies on the panel think? Anyone Anyone <laughs> got a got a, a a theory or a, an opinion that they'd like to share? It's a bit driver story, but it is. I mean, it's 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 got people talking. I think people are more on the side of of Andretti, aren't they? By and large. I think the fans are as a, as a kind of spectators, like you say. I think they they dream of just having more bums on seats, more more young mm-hmm. drivers having an opportunity. Because uh, as we were discussing before, we recorded hit the record on the button, the record button on the podcast that the it's an aging driver population at the moment in F one. Mm-hmm. Amy, 
Um, yeah, I was basically going to say a similar thing. I think everyone wants to see more racing in F1. That is like why people tune in to watch it. And I think if there was another team, that would obviously create then more seats. But then arguably, how do we know that those seats would go to newer drivers as well? Because like you said, we, there are a lot of really good old drivers currently on the grid who are still performing quite a good level for like how long they've been in there. But... Less of the old you. Are you just, as a, as I a... love the way you call them old. <laughs> they're, sorry, they're... sorry, not old. They're just experienced. Lewis Hamilton and I are the same age, so <laughs> that's quite cool. Yeah. But no, was... it's, sorry, it's um very. I think the Andre with if they did come in, hmm. I would think right now i i honestly thought it would have been a good idea for them to come in because i feel like mm-hmm. at the minute f1 is just growing and growing so it made sense for the grid to grow with the with mm-hmm. the sport in my yeah. head and especially but, um, with america the, yeah. the market in america another american team potential for an american driver uh, whether that would ever happen or not from a know. commercial perspective it does mm-hmm. make a lot of sense i think to have an extra team but i can also see the side of why they're not currently going to go in and I did come to a bit of a shock though I can't lie when I opened it and I was like really I was I was with my friend and I was like no way this has happened and then but no kind of reading over articles and understanding the point of view from the inside I kind of do understand why it hasn't why it hasn't happened now yeah I mean I I think the teams were always against it really publicly certainly eight out of ten and it's hard for F1 to go against the teams. Mm-hmm. And the teams kind of backed up F1 recently, didn't they, in that uh, kerfuffle with Susie Wolf? Yeah. So oh, yeah. It's, it's, I think they, they want to be, I mean, why shouldn't they be unified? They're kind of all in it together because they're all benefiting commercially. So mm-hmm. it would have taken quite a bit, I think, to admit Andretti. Although, again, I, you can argue endlessly that they're they're well worth the place. Yeah. I, mean, I think are, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the young drivers thing. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm sure you, you you're talking about. Funny, I was laughing with Damon Hill the other day about Lewis, saying that I, I, I explained to Damon Lewis is older now than when Damon was when he started his final year in F1 in '99, mm. and and they, and we were both laughing. Thirty nine feels young to both of us now. But Damon said he didn't feel young then. And he was looking around thinking, some of these guys are 20 years younger than I am. Mm. Would I go to a party with someone 20 years younger than me? <laughs> not really. It's a bit uncomfortable. So, so yeah. I mean, why not, though? Do you yeah. think that... Well, this question is actually from Hamish because I'm doing a bit of community management. Oh. And he's normally on this podcast. So, hi, Hamish. <laughs> Do you think F1 is losing talent to IndyCar by limiting itself through the Concord Agreement? Well, Colton Herter was the I mean, that was the one, wasn't it? All about the the license points, wasn't it? And 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 then the next and what it was, what, what it, the number of points it could generate. So, I mean, it's 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 I don't know if the the best drive gone are the days when Nigel Mansell would leave to IndyCar and it would be something like the equivalent of Formula One I think F1 seems to be kind of all conquering and you wonder if IndyCar is a little bit anxious about the inroads it's making in America but but you do have to watch though because you can very easily you can you're you're absolutely you're right you can very easily lose the the little edge of five minutes of being 
the number one sport with some young drivers. And you're right, over a few years, the, 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 the driver group ages a bit and maybe the racing's not so competitive. Don't just assume these fans are going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think, think you're right about Indy. They've, they've got a bit more of a conveyor belt. And I mean, it's been an exceptional, the unusual year when all 20 drivers get retained. And I think there is a there's an acceptance that there, there needs to be a bit of a transfusion maybe at the end of this year with some younger drivers. So so let's see. So yeah, I know I know I know where Hamish is coming from. It, it's it's you, you don't complacency isn't going to get you anywhere in F one and and they yeah maybe they need a bit of risk and a bit to take yourself out of the comfort zone put a new team in, give it a try, as opposed to, it's that when you get into a kind of, a, a kind of comfortable position in life, it becomes a bit of a gentleman's, it's a gentleman's club of a different kind, isn't it? You, mm. People used to say you couldn't get in at, in Bernie's day and it was, it was a bit, but, but yeah, when, when success comes, it tends, people put up the shutters, don't they? And don't allow anyone else in. So you've got to fight against that. So yeah, let, let's, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It is certainly an interesting time for F1, absolutely. But let's hope, let's hope something happens. Let's hope that Andretti can come in at least uh, in 2028 and be that 11th team or one of two extra teams coming in. But it's not going to happen for the next couple of years. <laughs> Fair guarantee. Not unless they lose a court case, F1. <laughs> that's true, that's true. I mean, there could be an anti-competition and that's where the FIA come in if they they they, they, they basically sue F1 for for not allowing them to grow their business in a jurisdiction by saying they they're excluded from but it's whether it's a kind of it's, it's whatever so many sports you can't kind of usually sue your way into them it's, <laughs> it's, it's courts usually don't like to accept that kind of case in the first place yeah yeah it's going to be very very we'll leave it to the people with far higher yeah, ideas yeah, than, yeah. than myself uh, anyway i'm sure there's some lawyers tapping away at, and researching all that sort of stuff now trying to get themselves in but we'll move on for now because as you say it's a bit a bit a bit of a dry subject let's let's turn our turn our attention to you and and, and make it a bit Ooh. more fun so what what was it about obviously the the job that you do that attracted you to it well i i no, i mean i i i i, I like sports I, I i did journalism as a as a as a as a postgraduate diploma and sport was expanding when I left, which was 95, 96 kind of time when I finished my, my diploma. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it, it offered opportunities. I really originally was thinking I'll stay and try and do something else postgraduate wise, excuse me, that the, uh, I was thinking of doing, I, I did English literature as a, as a degree and I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll try and do a PhD or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, well, I, I, do I really want to, we were talking about dissertations, I think, before we came on it. On it, on it. It's like, do you, do you, do we want to? Do I really want to be faced with generating that kind of stuff week in, week out? So, got into the sports, got into Sky, and got put on boxing. I just it was the, what, what there was a space on at the time, and then I liked that. I, I watched boxing quite a lot as a kid, probably as much as as anything else, and then. And then didn't really, we didn't do much motorsport. We did a little bit of super bikes. We had, you'd get the occasional assignment to Speedway, but not, not hardly anything. And we really didn't do much F1. I think I interviewed, oh, here's a, well, breaking news. 
Andretti Cadillac statement. Oh. So I'm just, do we have this since we're live? Yeah, do it. Here we are. And well, here we go. This is the news. And I'm going to, I've got to send it to my office. But Andretti Cadillac has reviewed the information Formula One Management Limited has shared and strongly disagree with its contents. Andretti and Cadillac are two successful global motorsports organizations committed to placing a genuine American works team in F1. So I'm just going to forward this on while we're talking, competing alongside the world's best. This is me at work now. I've got to... <laughs> no, it's interesting. We got this scoop before the rest of Sky Sports did. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> and what I'm doing now is set, sending it to, we have a sort of latest news at the desks on Sports News. We'll get it and that he can turn it around. But anyway, Andretti, give me all these secrets. <laughs> we, we are developing a highly competitive car and power unit with an experienced team. They've just got that message now in the office. And our work continues at pace. Andretti Cadillac would also like to acknowledge and thank the fans who have expressed their support. Okay. So that's interesting. So I just, I mean, just for a second to dwell on that. Take your time. It doesn't say, I mean, it says there too. I'm just looking to see whether it says, well, it says their work continues at pace and they're developing a highly competitive car and power unit. So... They haven't they directly saw... said there that they're going to definitely contest it or going to take seek legal action over it. No, exactly. They're not it... saying they're not doing that either, are they? No. So it's it's a disagreement, and it's it's we're not giving up. So it's it's there's a sort of veiled, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's veiled anything, but they 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 they're saying this isn't the end of the matter. Now whether that's fire working hard to to it's a, but it's a relatively I think that's. It's 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 far from histrionic, isn't it? It's a, 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 a mm. quite a dignified response, dignified but disappointed response, and resolute response, and a kind of tacit reminder about: Are you really turning your back on General Motors F one? Which that's 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 quite a thing for Formula One to do because it's you. you I'm not saying it's 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 signalling. Uh, kind of anxiety about the business, but you, you kind of want to be open for business and expansion. And what? Why wouldn't you have them as a partner? But mm. anyway, that's 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 taken. What is it now? That's five hours since five hours since the. Is that right? Yeah, or, yeah, half yeah, three half, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's half eight now. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that that implies to me that they weren't necessarily briefed or expecting that that outcome today. It's a short statement. It doesn't deal point by point with the points raised either. So quite interesting. Yeah, we spoke to uh, Mario Andretti last year and he, he was... Ah, he was man. Yeah, yeah, he's really I mean, nice. You'd, if you've met him, you, you'd, that, 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 you're you not going to be... You, you're going to be... It's going to be quite hard to be sceptical about denying his team a place in F1, right? Just a, a very warm individual and, and, and lovely company. Oh, absolutely! And he gave us. He was there. We were chatting to him for nearly two hours, and yeah. I think he, at the end, he he was his wife was behind or somebody, <laughs> his manager or something. Okay, Mario, it's uh, time to wrap up. Now. We were like, uh, yeah, we better go. <laughs> but, but he was he was confident that that, that Andretti were going to get in. He told us to stop saving up our money for the merchandise. So no, it's one of those they, things. They might, you know what they might, they released that now. Whether they they released that wind tunnel model picture today. Now that was either. 
that made me after the statement came out. I wondered, did they know the statement was coming and they wanted that in? Mm. And if they didn't know the statement was coming, I wonder if they feel a bit offended by the fact that it's come out immediately after they. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all speculation at this all point. All of that stuff. Well, yeah. Who? How? How? How gently you let folk down is <laughs> is important in this case. I think that and the twenty twenty eight Dora Jar thing is important in that regard. It's quite interesting the the way they kind of presented that statement. Then it kind of leaves a bit of ambiguity about it. It's mm. as if you can't. They're not ruling out anything. Like we said, it's as if they're still going to work on stuff. So we, I think we still maybe in a couple of years or maybe in next year or something they could possibly fight back on it. Then I don't know whether they're trying, but that was quite a, a weird statement from them, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of it's it's. I think it's this it's. it's it's, what's the word? It's kind of subdued, dignified, and um, yeah, I mean, there's not much they can say, I suppose. They don't want to sound as though they are bitter or angry or because they're a big company, right? They're, they're kind mm. of special General Motors. They, 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 it's it's not the end of their world that they, they, they have been accepted by F1. But yeah, they had to say something. You can't, mm. I mean, can't let criticism go I mean, there was implied criticism in the F. They're basically saying you're not good enough. You're not going to be competitive enough. So you've got to say something back. Definitely. <laughs> Should we get back to your career, Kiara? Have you got oh, a question? I don't know. Let's see, let's see if any. <laughs> yeah. Then, then. Let's let's get to the career first, and then I've got my questions. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to say other than, uh, yeah, get. So yeah, the F1. We got the rights, and interestingly. Not loads and loads of people at the time wanted to do the F1 job compared to now. I think the, the younger generation, uh, sound the ancient, have, have kind of got more into it in the past five years. So, yeah, that, that's been noticeable. Do you think that the correlation, obviously, of Drive to Survive coming out on Netflix and different things has increased the popularity of the sport? But do you think the popularity, because especially through COVID, mm -hmm. a lot of Formula One teams were using social media to their advantage yeah. during that time. And I think from there, social media for F1 has developed. And maybe is, do you think that's the reason why there's more younger people wanting to get into the sport in that sense? Yeah. Back to PhDs again. Someone's actually brought out a book about it's coming out in a in a in a month about um the relationship between f1 and the media especially in the last five to ten years because it's been quite a convulsive well, convulsive change yeah look and what we what you said is right i think there's an interesting the switch from from free to air television to sky had some unintended consequences. I think the obviously the headline viewing figure dropped markedly, but I think as a consequence of that, and it, it, you you could observe it with some other sports, the sport itself then had to work a little bit harder engaging with people because it wasn't just being gifted an audience. So, yeah. and that coincided with the social media explosion and, and, and adoption by so many drivers which which intensified during covid so in a way yeah that i think some of those forces particularly with the younger drivers and the younger fan group they're almost forced onto the margins in a little bit isn't it you mm. end up you consume f1 you might not have to be able to watch it all the time 
you'll start consuming it in places that maybe appeal more to younger fans like like this or social media or podcasts and so on and and then a, a community develops that way so i think there's been a lot of 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 kind of new relationships have been built partly i think down to it being maybe not on free to wear on a Sunday afternoon. You've had to go and invest a bit of time mm. to learn about it a bit more. So yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But yeah, definitely pandemic. The drivers just though because there was they were rather more tightly policed, can I put it like that, by their their media officers and advisors before the pandemic. And then they sort of kind of cut out the middleman. They were doing a lot of work themselves, engagement and and I think it's just carried on from there. And then there was the the, the 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 George Floyd uh, yeah, tragedy and the aftermath of that, and and the and and sports people in general finding they had a voice and would and would, weren't just going to be fed sound bites by sponsors or team bosses and, and wanted to 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 yeah to, to actually stand up and be counted for a change. So that that made the whole landscape a little bit more yeah, interesting uh, and and and. Hopefully it stays that way. It doesn't retreat. Yeah. Yeah, I already got a question for Craig. Oh, you're on mute. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Very rookie mistake. Is... Sorry, I'm, but I'm, then I'm again, I've been awake for over 24 hours at this point. Oh, God. They <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I didn't, I'm afraid I didn't watch it. So I'm not... Actually, so well like... Done, Jensen Button. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last... Actually, no, Daytona wasn't as bad as my jet lag or whatever las vegas was for me i'm not sure if you experienced it the same oh, way did i go? did did you go to, I did. to the race oh wow i oh, went well. to seven races this season that was nearly very well done that's really well done, really well done. <laughs> las vegas was a tough one to i'm honest. going in a suitcase next time or uh, i can come in yours craig uh, well yeah that, <laughs> i'm not sure I, I'm, a, a lot of people won't fancy fancy carrying on to, with going to that again i mean it, it just because it was it, it the unsociable nature of the hours. I don't know how you found it, but we weren't getting away. Even never mind that late night on Thursday, but you were talking five, six o'clock every day. And then you just can't have a meal, can you? Or it's you're in the dark the whole time. It's a bit mm -hmm. depressing. But yeah. But you sorry, you were fancy with the with the sequins, all of you at Sky with no your sequins. Because because I'm actually from Germany, so I was uh, there yeah. and I bumped into Ralph and Peter. I'm not sure. Ah uh, yes. And I made this joke about them looking at the the manhole covers, and oh, in Germany yes. we have like certain safety measurements, and I was just making jokes yeah. with them about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we spoke about how well you spoke about the younger generation in um, getting interested with motorsports. And as a person who is trying to get into motorsport, and I have been doing that with the German touring cars, mm -hmm. I didn't actually think it's as glamorous as many people perceive it to be, because mm. that's what happens with all of the media. So I wanted to ask you, how does your typical race weekend actually look like? Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you don't really. It's, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a job. So you, I, I, and you're splitting it with family life. So I, I'll do a lot of my on on the airplane. I will just be researching questions to ask on my way there, however long the flight is, and and then it's Thursdays, the main media day. So 
will divide up amongst themselves who's speaking to whom. And that's the busiest day for me, certainly, and unless there's a major incident or controversy. And then, yeah, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a mixture of live guests, live reports to Sky Sports News, and 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 then end of day, fairly traditional type of sports reports, really. So, but pretty long days, minimum minimum 10, 11 hours per day by the time you clock on at the track, have a production meeting to, to when you, you'll finish. And then you're lucky if you've got a, a race with a decent time zone in comparison to Europe. So the European ones that then you might get to a restaurant and have something to eat <laughs> rather than that, rather than room service. So it's, 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 it's quite a grind, but the things you see and the people you meet are, are just even compared to any other sport I've covered, I have to say it's, it still is pretty glamorous and it's, and if you're, I've had Vin Diesel kind of walk down the paddock with him with his arm around me this year. <laughs> we meet um, Cara Delevingne. Um, you you meet, you might be sitting, I remember sitting in hospitality and I can't remember where it was, but sitting next to a couple of guys and they're chatting amongst themselves. Then I realized one of them is an astronaut. That, that, but that's kind of just normal, <laughs> the kind of people you bump into. And, and Did, were you were you ever kind of starstruck at first, or uh, and are you now just used to it? Now is it is oh, it kind no, of like an no. everyday thing? No, I I do still get quite starstruck. Funny enough, Rod Stewart, who if you come from Scotland, he's a bit oh. of an icon. So <laughs> I don't know if you saw him in in Las Vegas, Kiara, mm. but he was he was. I more... was I actually chased after Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh okay, yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I, thought, I was like, I saw him because I was with McLaren. And yes. I saw him and I looked down and I was like, wait, now's my chance. So I like sprinted down the <laughs> stairs and chased him. So I was like, Brad, do you mind taking a selfie with me? He was very nice to do that. Oh, he did. So that's well, well done you. That was closer than I got to him. <laughs> I saw him again this weekend. I didn't even realize it was him, like standing on the podium for his new film during the day. Too, uh, like, I see. Yeah. Okay. So they filmed there as well, right? Okay. That's that's quite cool. I mean, they they, they were... That's, I mean, that, that will be another big moment for F1. And I think when that movie comes out, and I guess that, you know, can, can F1 accommodate an 11th team? Well, more people have been pointing out the fact Brad Pitt's <laughs> taking over a garage at several tracks this year. But nice people as well to work with. And I mean, I, it, the one thing is, I, I can see it being, especially now it's moved to, well over 20 races per year having a work-life balance f1 and in a way it's a kind of young person's young single person's game yeah it feels increasingly to me i'm not sure how easy it is to combine family life with 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 it i mean i'm lucky in a way that i only do roughly half the races which is partly kind of budget um and the fact that on Sky Sports News, if it's a big football weekend, we, we might not have the appetite for too much F1 alongside it on the channel. That's just the way it is. So you kind of try and pick the ones to go to which merit, merit spending the money. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a tough life from, from that regard. And also, there's so much content generated by the teams now that it's maybe harder to to make a living out of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe 
the media are less important than the traditional media and you've you've got to be pretty creative to to yeah to make plow your own path and 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 make a living out of it yeah there's lots of video packages that obviously Sky Sports make. Have, have you been in, included in anything that you that kind of was a stat was a standout moment for you? <laughs> Gosh, I've had some highs and lows. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> more lows than highs. Oh and, no. Uh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, I people. I mean, I, I I've twice been pushed into the Red Bull swimming pool by Christian Horner. People say the second time I jumped. <laughs> and they may be right. I'm not going to say whether that's true or not, but they, they may be right. The first time cost nearly two thousand pounds worth of equipment uh, in terms of microphones, radios, and it's really broadcast quality stuff. Yeah. Um, so and and then did, did, Chris, did Christian put his hand in his pocket to uh, no, reimburse you for that? Course, no, no, no. He, he thought he was doing us a favour by by. But that was a, that was a trippy moment when you emerge back into the sunlight. And everything's gone quiet in your head. There had been that noisy talk back and so on. And then everyone's staring at you and laughing. And then <laughs> and you sort of clamber out and Jerry Halliwell gives you a towel. It's like, is this really I will wake up from this nightmare at some point. But anyway, so they 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 yeah, I've had some wardrobe mal malfunctions recently, which Sky I know Paddy Power picked up on that was pretty bad. Oh, and and their social media team are pretty on it though. They they they're pretty good, really. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, twenty twenty one and that night in Abu Dhabi, which I think we all look back on and wonder, could we? Well, I do anyway. Could, could we have been a little bit more on top? You you. This it's all happening so quickly, but but certainly an amazing evening to be around. That was. That was incredible. Um, and that must have just been re just electric all night in terms of people yes. arguing, that, was it the right thing, the wrong thing to do? Obviously, someone's won a championship there, his first yeah. championship. So there's just, the excitement and the elation from Red Bull. Yeah, just a, a, a twist no one had really expected it to, to happen like that. And I mean, I think I, I think I said it was on the night, it was a black eye for, for early the the. I wasn't entirely sure. There was still some ambiguity about whether the race director could do that or not, what he did. Did the rules allow him a kind of override, mm. uh, which I think ultimately the answer was no. But um, sport shouldn't end in such confusion. <laughs> you need, the r rules need to be predictable by the people playing the game. So, And it wasn't that at all. It was the chaos. So... But that was amazing to just to see to it's the emotion the raw emotion to watch Lewis leave to kind of see him shake his head to you I'm not speaking mm. and the total walking away and then yes it was wow it was but yeah, the amazing sportsmanship Lewis showed as well just just to to not just to keep his dignity and to keep his counsel and yeah that you know you don't see that very often. But yeah, tragedies as well. I was in Japan when Jules Bianchi had his accident, yeah. and that, and then spent five days outside the the hospital, and then went went to his funeral. Ultimately, it's nine months later, I think it was. Mm. He spent time with his father during those days in the immediate aftermath of the accident, and that blurs the boundary between your job and and kind of being a sort of just basic humanity, really. But it that does remind reminds you about how dangerous motorsport is there was all that talk of don't bring in the halo or mm. uh, why do we 
shouldn't cut the speeds of the cars or et cetera, et cetera. Well, anything that saves a life, I think, is is, is valid. But I think it's yeah. it's proven it's worth ten times over with the, yeah. with the lives that it's saved since it's been been introduced. Yeah. Roman Grosjean unvari- invariably would never have got out of the car after his incident in the, yeah. the Phoenix from the flame or whatever. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, being there, that was there that night as well. Mm. I mean, that was that was in just. I bet you there was just an eerie silence for a, a was, while. The cameraman turned to the race started. Cameraman turns to me and goes, I think we've gone not very far. There'll be another boring race, he said. And then just this fire. We both looked at each other and went, oh, my God. And he, he, he just, you just couldn't have imagined someone surviving that. And and, and when you went down to the, to the, we're going off a bit of a tangent here, we're going to the safety barrier, when you see the gap, that the whole car passed through. The whole thing just went through a gap like this. It, it, mm-hmm. It's amazing to, to understand how anyone survived it. But, but yeah, I'm not, I can't remember what the question was now, but it was uh, something about the the high moments, the video moments. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is what is your absolute high then on the job? Ooh, Apart from talking words. to the Everything F1 podcast team. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, it's off. It's on the podium. Yeah. The, um, I mean, the sitting down opposite Michael Schumacher for the first time, and that was a bit of a pinch me moment. Going, going, doing Bernie Eccleston's first interview after he got the sack, and him taking me into his office, and we had a little conversation before about how we were going to do it, and he, and actually felt, you know, he's is, is he actually even asking my opinion here about something, which was kind of. I mean, it wasn't, but it was. It, it, it kind of felt you were in this confidence a little bit. I probably got limited time. I have to say because uh, I've got to do bedtime in a, in a minute. Oh, sorry. But, uh, but I've, I've maybe got five more minutes. I, uh, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, loads of great highs like this. It's hard to to uh, to pick one. What, what's your favourite race then? What's your favourite race to go and view Japan, as a Japan, spectator? Yeah, Japan's amazing just because it's you might not really go there. It's such a different culture. Fans are incredible, and tragedy there. But the it's it's yeah that that's that's I think just combination of things. Great country, great track, amazing fans, and you just feel really lucky to be there from the first day you get there. Yeah, ladies. Just a bit of a quick one going off. When you are a reporter, you do have to cover hard news. That is part of your job. And when covering things like Jules Bianchi and stuff, how do you kind of not like, well, compose yourself in a way to present it to the, to present it to necessarily the audience that you're presenting to in like a well-respected manner without getting your emotions intertwined as well? Yeah, I think that a lot of it, the job takes over the, the various aspects of the job. So the number of people you've got to call might be a news desk and a producer and speaking to just your cameraman, we're going to be here. And then it's just, what are my, what are my points I'm making here? What, what are my list of facts I know? And, and I think, unfortunately, in a sense, that takes over the actual, just the, the mental, the sort of a tactical challenge of the job. Is, is is demanding enough that you don't really have time to to necessarily dwell on the 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 human aspect. Often it's it's, it's later on that that might uh, you might reflect on that. 
but I mean, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, that the to witness what the Bianchi's went through. I didn't really get to see Antoine Hubert's family, but when you even now see Pierre Gasly, or, or when you go back to Spa and are around him there, it really does make you think. And, and I'll never forget Jules's funeral in, in Nice and just Felipe Massa, Sebastian Vettel, I think, was at the front of the coffin, the pallbearers. And just, I think, like, how must they be feeling carrying the weight of their, their friend, 25 years old, I think he was. And, I mean, that's that's crazy, really. I mean, it is that kind of sport. That, that It's the sport is this too. Very <laughs> sad note to, to, to think about, but it's, it's the, the, the risk factor will always be, be there. And at least, I think Martin Whitmarsh said to me once, the old McLaren boss, he said, people make fun of the drivers a little bit and consider them like they're, they're, they're kind of prima donnas and, and young rich kids or whatever, which in some cases they are. But he said, you know, the one thing they all know when they get in that cockpit, they might not come back. Yeah. And you have to... You have to reason with that as well. The last one for me, but do you have any advice for a journalist wanting to go into the industry? Because I'm very avid and really want to go yeah, in. Yeah, there. well, you, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think uh, just take, take, I, I mean, I, I acquired, I'd say don't necessarily fixate on a particular sport. I'd say acquire the skills you think you'll need to do the job within that sport one day and then take whatever opportunities come your way to, to, to to have a career in sport and see where that takes you. I don't know if it's net. the risk is by pursuing motorsport or, or Formula One, you, you you might end up in a bit of a cul-de-sac. Whereas if you're more open to different opportunities, then you you you've got a better chance of of establishing yourself as a as an all-round broadcaster or writer or whatever it is you want to do. But, and then I think maybe that the better F1 opportunities or motorsport opportunities will come your way. So yeah, that don't limit yourself, work on your skills. And because then if you, if your skills are there, then the moment you opportunities do arise mm -hmm. and it's, it's being able to take the opportunities, which you can't do unless you have the, the skills. So that, that's my, Tuppence worth. I mean, my own story. I spent a lot of time. I spent a couple of years in production at Sky, and I wasn't really learning much. So I kind of had to leave to go and, and acquire the skills I'd I'd uh, use later when I came back again. What if you could cover any other event slash sport? What what would you what would you Ooh. be your most kind of dream job to yeah. job and sport to cover? That's that's a really. I've never done a World Cup in football. And I, I kind of would like to have done that. I mean, and with the Scotland and, you know, team qualified, <laughs> if we ever get to, <laughs> we ever get to one, yeah. Again, the Olympics are great. I was very lucky with boxing to 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 go to loads of big fights, and I've been really lucky with Formula One. So, I mean, I I can't complain. But yeah, I, I, a World Cup would be would be cool. Yeah, with maybe with Scotland, it'd only be I'd only be away for a week then. In that case, so, <laughs> that, that would be nice. But let's see. But after I'll get dragged away if, if, if there's any more. Yeah, I think it's 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 evolving so much the business that the broadcast industry that in a way you you will find your own 
you, you, what you're doing now is kind of the future. So I think uh, stick stick with it. And it's the likes of me that have to adapt as much to, to stay relevant. So, uh, you know, good luck to you. And I think you're, you're already making great content. So just keep doing it. Thanks. On, on a personal note, Craig, I really enjoy watching you try and not take things too seriously. Swimming in pretend bays in Miami, making puns at the expense of the, of the Visa Cash App uh, RB team. It, keep, keep being you because we enjoy watching the, the great stuff that you keep doing. Thank James. Thank you very much. And I will, I'll do my very best. And listen now, hopefully I'll get on again at some point and keep up the good work. And I, I'm, I'm going to hit the subscribe button now. So Wonderful. So well, yeah. uh, everyone else should do, else should do yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. And we'll, we'll let you get your child to bed. Well, I apologise for keeping you so late, but thank you very All much right. for coming and speaking to us today. All right. thank pleasure. You so Absolute pleasure. Thank you so thank much. You. All the best. Right. Good luck. Bye. Cheers, Craig. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Craig. So, yeah, thanks everyone on Facebook if you did tune in. There were some questions that I did try to get to, but understandably, it is getting quite late now and he's probably had a busy day as well in the office. But we'll get this podcast all edited up overnight and it'll be on your favourite podcast streaming service to listen to again and again. Uh, We are obviously Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and, of course, our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com where you can find news articles on a daily basis, bringing you up to date from the news around the F1 and the wider motorsport community paddocks. So I've been James Tiller. My team today has been Kiara and Amy. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back soon. Uh, with more guests. We've got loads of guests coming. I haven't edited the Christian Lundgaard interview that the, our team did yesterday. So that will be coming out soon as well on the podcast streaming service. And we've got uh, Ferrari engineer slash Williams ex-engineer Rob Smedley coming on the podcast very shortly too. So we are chock full of content. We're going to continually make these podcasts for your listening pleasure. So make sure you do hit the subscribe button because they We've got a lot of stuff coming your way uh, as this year unfolds. So thank you very much for being a follower. Uh, thank you very much for uh, your questions and, and, and your interactions on our posts. We will see you soon uh, on a podcast near you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.